0: What
1: underrated player might have a big-time fantasy season for the Jets? Is Josh Gordon going too high, too low, or just right in FFPC drafts right now? And what NFC East running back is on track to outperform his current ADP? Plus, five-time FPC and Main Event League champ and writer for Fantasy Pros and Roto Baller Mike Dente will spill the beans in his Pros versus Joe strategy, why he's down on David Johnson, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Bauchman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now.
2: The laws were stern and justice stood. And people were behaving like they ought to good. there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy. And this is what he learned. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash. Robbing old. The day they did the job money came with ease but one couldn't stop it's like he had a disease he robbed another, an a another, another and another and a sister and a brother tried to rob a man it was a dc undercover the cop grabbed his arm he it acting he rat-
1: broadcast live and heard around the world you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet it's the high-stakes fantasy football hour presented by my ffpc.com with your hosts eric balkman and dave gerzak the high-stakes fantasy football hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and
3: Dave Gerzak.
2: Shot for the head, he shot back, but he messed up. Looked round good and from expectations. He decided he hit for the subway stations, but she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore he killed him. Sorry.
1: Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you ballaholics, and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football, David Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show... We throw the Dizzle another blind resume to see if he could guess the player. Why it's buyer beware on Evan Engram this season and five time FFPC main event and football guys players championship league winner. Mike Dente drops by the show to give his thoughts on Jarek McKinnon, Blake Jarwin, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Appreciate all you guys and gals hanging out in there. Feel free to post any questions you might have. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Mike is at First Stop Fantasy. That's 1ST, Stop Fantasy. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. And if you want to call t- uh, tonight, give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347 game o You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, Now is the time to send them, last chance, right now. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, uh, will get those questions to us in the fantasy feedback segment coming up in the uh, second half uh, of the show. Uh, Right at the top, I want to mention that it's a big weekend uh, for us here at the FFPC because we will be drafting uh, or or selecting, uh, randomizing um, the early main event uh, draft spots for all teams paid in full by Monday night Midnight Pacific time. If you uh, want to get
0: clear, to- we will not be actually doing that by then. We've the deadline. And then one week, yeah, that, you know.
1: yeah, that's well, no, but we'll be working on them throughout the week. Right. Yeah. But Don't you, it, but day. if you want to be, if you want the following week on July 30th, if you want your main event draft slot, make sure that you are paid in full on all your teams. Now is the time, by the way, if you have not registered, register now. If you want to add another team, Uh, for $1,500, which is $300 off the normal price. Now's the time to do that, too. And you can have your main event draft slot that you'll be drafting all the way in September in July. So that's a pretty cool thing. Make sure you're paid in full by Monday. Football Guys drafts, we had three of them going tonight. They are filling every single day. It's only going to get busier and crazier. We have nearly 150 already in the books, many more to go. Room discounts at Planet Hollywood, $10 week one viewing. I've mentioned it on the show a few times. Go to myffpc.com for more information on that. If you will be uh, hanging out with us in Vegas and want a cool spot to so watch the games all day uh, for week one. Register for best ball drafts and uh, classics starting at $35 and more. And dynasty startups also available at myffpc.com. All good stuff. Dave, I know you're you're fighting off multiple Ailments tonight to do the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time to to sit in.
0: I, I have dental surgery on Monday, and right. it's Still, re, still recovering. Yeah, so I'm on Vicodin, baby. I'm, I'm a little. I'm not. No drinking tonight, but it, you know, I got the Vicodin, so I'm, I'm going to be
1: high as a fight right, right. So you, you're actually feeling better than you normally do Right, the exactly. show. Okay. Well, I'm then I awesome. I retract it. You should. <laughs> these are the types of shows you should be doing with oh, that. Yeah. Let's uh, bring in tonight's guest uh, without further ado here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, He is a four-time Football Guys Players Championship League winner as well as a former FFPC Main Event League champ. He also finished eighth overall in the 2013 Football Guys Players Championship. That's impressive. Yeah, it is very impressive. Almost as impressive as winning $40,000 in daily fantasy sports. He will be competing as a Joe, Dave. Despite his pro status, he will be competing as a Joe. Oh, there's, hopefully, there's no protest. In the twelve, we will find out. Uh, in the 2018 <laughs> FFPC Pros versus Joes, he's the former CEO of First Stop Fantasy. You can uh, find his writing now on both Fantasy Pros and our friends over at Rotoballer. You follow him on Twitter at First. He's for the interview, okay? Uh, I will. I'm, getting, I'm gonna all get to it. You yeah. follow him on Twitter at First Stop Fantasy. Please welcome into the show, Mike Dente. Mike, welcome in, man.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, and thanks for that introduction. That was brilliant.
1: Well, you know, I try to be truthful, and if it ends up being flowery, it ends up being flowery. I can't help that you have all these accolades. It's a one-hour show. Though. Yeah, well, I know it's one hour, but I want everybody to understand how important Mike is to the show tonight. Because, quite frankly, when, when he signs off and we have to fake our, our way through the rest of the show, it ain't going to be pretty. So this is this is the creme de la creme. We're starting with the filet, and we'll be ending with the uh, asparagus later on. So this is, this is uh, very exciting to have you on, Mike. I want to... Pick your brain on pros versus Joes and, and high stakes fantasy football in general. When you're not drafting fantasy football teams, tell the listeners a little bit about what you do.
3: Um, I'm an assistant manager for a large retail company in Canada. Um, I'm also a part-time real estate agent. Uh, aside from that, I'm just spending quality time with my fiancé and family and friends. And then once June hits, I spend quite a bit of time doing fantasy research and writing for a few websites here and there and just always trying to stay busy.
0: All sorts of income streams there, baby. Yeah, that's, oh,
1: it's, uh, it's all about side hustles. Uh, Mike, congratulations on the upcoming nuptials. Do you have a date set with your uh, fiancé? Uh,
3: yes, August 4th uh, next year.
1: August 4th. Well, that's, that's in like the heat of fantasy season. How, are, are you going to be able to I, make this fly? Hey,
3: you know what? We were talking about doing the honeymoon, actually, and it was pretty pretty funny conversation because uh, we were debating between a May 22nd and August 4th date. And I said, uh, you know what? I said, we can do August as long as you're okay doing the honeymoon, like, you know, in March or February after the Super Bowl, pretty much. And uh, she agreed at the time, and now she's kind of like, oh, we should do Italy in, in September, or late August. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so I got to find a way out of that one, so we'll see.
1: But- all you need to tell her is, listen, honey, Italy is going to still be there in uh, October, so don't worry about it.
0: All, all you really need to worry about is January. You don't want to get your wife pregnant in January because then you'll be a dummy like you and have to fly back from Vegas
1: my kid, for your kid being born. My kid was a month early, okay? I <laughs> planned it out perfectly. The good Lord and Mother Nature had other plans. <laughs> it was out of my control. I, I blame you ruined my,
0: Vegas weekend. Your son had.
1: Really, it's my wife. She probably had some spicy food while I was gone, and then that was it. And I didn't have a choice. So, you know, and, and now it's history.
0: <laughs> All right, Mike. Real questions now.
1: So you, these are the hard. I feel like family feud. Um, <laughs> player, player pass on this number,
0: number two here. <laughs> you drafted against a number of uh, FFTC Joes already. Now you get a chance to draft both Joes and Pros. Uh, given that, does your strategy uh, change much in the, uh, in the event you're directing all these pros as well from a normal FFPC best ball draft?
3: Uh, well, I'll tell you what, the biggest change for me is I'm not really a, a big best ball player to begin with, so that probably puts me at a, a bit of a disadvantage right off the bat. Um, but, you know, I do a fair share of research to prepare and try and make up for that. Um, I prefer traditional leagues. I always felt setting lineups and, and playing the waiver wire gave me an advantage over my competition. So that's why I try to stay oh that so. for the most part. Um, as yeah. far as playing in, in the pros versus Joe's competition, I think it's, uh, you know, it's an awesome experience, tremendous honor to compete with some of the, the most respected names in the industry. Uh, but, you know, much respect to the pros, but playing with them doesn't change my strategy much at all. Um, you know, writing about fantasy and researching stats is helpful and all, but it can only take you so far. And, to me, the best fantasy football players in the world are the ones who play with the big dogs in the FFBC. So, you know, that's that's a different level of fantasy football, and that's my, my regular competition. So I, I don't feel the need to, to, you know, change up my strategy.
1: Yeah, if anything, maybe you get some more value falling to you with all these pros mucking it up. Yeah, taking quarterbacks. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. That's the way to look at it. Like this, this will be a, a walk in the park. Although well, quarterbacks do go a little early, earlier in the baseball season. I mean, uh, yeah, with? I mean, kind of. And well, the thing is, like, once you once the the seal is cracked, essentially, especially in those like you know those, you know, that second tier starts going off the board. Then they start flying, especially for people on the ends. Yeah, then, Mike.
0: What you what pick do you have, Mike?
1: Do we know? Yes, Sorry? we do. Sorry. Uh I I have what no 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 the the Mike's pick. We're I have Mike's. I had it listed on the. Uh, nine. He is picking nine. Okay. Pick nine. That's not bad, actually.
0: For, you're probably not going to get walloped on quarterbacks or any of those positions because you're kind of okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, because he, he'll yeah. be in the middle. You know, well, you, you, well I mean, you, it's not like you're 12 or 11 and you have to freak out if there's a few quarterbacks going and then you got to, like, overcompensate. Or, like, if you skip it and all of a
0: sudden, like, 20 in a row going, you're like, oh,
1: damn, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, Mitchell Trubisky's my starter. Fantastic. <laughs> Which actually wouldn't be that bad. Uh, Mike. Yes, it would be. No, it wouldn't be that terrible this year. To prep uh, for pros versus Joes, Mike, uh, you've already done some FFPC drafts, a trio of uh, Football Guys Players Championship drafts as well. And I noticed in one of them, you took Jarek McKinnon at the 211, and I, I don't want to say that's an overdraft because that is where he's going. Uh, in fact, sometimes he's gone even higher than that. Um, I did see him at the 104 in one draft. I think I brought this up on the show before. I saw <laughs> so Jarek McKinnon at the 104. Uh, we know how good McKinnon can be. There's no question about that. Uh, but why aren't you necessarily concerned about McKinnon's injury risk this season, you know, given that he will be maybe setting a career high in touches, being the focal point of that backfield uh, in that offense? You, I mean, you're obviously not concerned enough to avoid him in the second round, but you take him there. Uh, give us, give us the uh, the the, um, the pros uh, and why uh, McKinnon should be taken there.
3: Well, I think you know, with McKinnon, he's he's only missed one game in the past three seasons. So obviously, you know, like you said, he's going to have a bigger role. Um, you know, that could be more risk to get injured, sure, but um, you know, this is this is the FFPC. I'm coming for 250 Gs, so you need to take risks and you got to try and pick some players with upside. Um, I think McKinnon can put up top in hand's offense. Uh, the fact that, you know, Shannon made him a top-five paid running back, um, you know, speaks volumes to me in terms of how they're going to use them and how confident they are that he can come in and be the primary guy for them. Um, you know, and I, I don't think he needs to, you know, everyone's, then can he handle a full workload? I don't know if he needs to, you know, rush for twelve hundred yards and, you know, have two hundred and fifty carries to be a value at where he's being taken. I mean, you know, I, I still envision him catching, you know, fifty to sixty balls in that offense. Um, and keep in mind he was the seventeenth. He was seventeenth in fantasy points last season, despite not receiving more than three carries. I think until week five because of Dablin wow. Cup injury. Um, he That's put pretty impressive. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he put up four games of twenty plus points. You know, even though he received fewer than ten touches in six of those games. So he's dynamic. He's got huge play capability. He's a great receiver out of the backfield, and that's a must for me if I'm taking a running back within the first two rounds.
0: So does that I mean a player like, let's say, uh, Leonard Fournette is someone you generally wouldn't take because you don't think the receiving potential is there? I mean,
3: unless you think he's
0: going to get a lot more receptions this year.
3: Sorry for Fournette.
0: Yeah, like would you would you say, well, Fournette's more likely not going to you know, get a lot of catches or Jordan Howard is going a little bit later? Would you just not uh, take those yeah,
3: types of no, players? I, well, I think, I think Fournette's still got, you know, the you know 40-catch capability. I don't think he's going to be up there with, you know, the elite receiving backs, but I think he's, he's a better catcher on the backfield than, say, Jordan Howard. And actually, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up Jordan, Jordan Howard because that's been a debate on Twitter pretty much all day today. Um, to <laughs> what me, I mean, what, what did we figure out? Well, to me, so, you know, the argument is Jordan Howard or Jarek McKinnon in PPR, and to me, it's almost a no-brainer that it's McKinnon, and, you know, McKinnon's one of those guys, probably the most controversial fantasy player this year, I mean, you either love him or you hate him, I haven't really seen an in-between yet, and, uh, like, I, you know, I look at it, Howard had 23 catches last year, I think he's had 14 drops in the last two seasons which is the highest rate of, uh, of any running back. And <laughs> you know, bad. with all the news <laughs> of, of with with all the news of uh, you know three Cohen coming in and, and, and he's supposed to be a huge part of the offense this year and they're moving around all over the place, I think it's fair to say that Howard's receiving, you know, numbers are probably gonna drop. And yeah, you know, for I mean, if
0: that,
3: I, it's really tough. Go ahead. Well well where, where would you guys you know, if I'm gonna ask you guys like where do you Say, let's talk conservatively here. Where would you say McKinnon's stats lie in terms of receptions this year, conservatively?
0: Keep uh, in if mind I was an over/under, over
3: over
0: if I was betting an over/under, I would say fifty, just because of the potential for injury.
1: I would, I would still put it a little bit higher than that. I, I think I'm more like. Between 60 and 65, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's being conservative.
0: For a betting, maybe from betting perspective, that, those are all. That's may, awful. Everyone maybe, would take the
1: under. But I no, no, and, and not everyone would take the under. And I'll tell you this. 80%. I hear that I'm finding out. I might be a Jared McKinnon panel all of a sudden. <laughs> like I, I might you're be finding this I, out. I'm this out on the air right now. You obviously. There.
0: So, what do you think there, Mike? What, what's what's your over/under?
3: Well, you know what, even if you put it conservatively at 50, I I think it's more, to me, I think I'm expecting him to reach 60 60 catches this year. I think, uh, you know, considering that Hyde had 59 a year ago, McKinnon had 51, and he wasn't really, you know, he was pretty much splitting with Murray all year. And the first four weeks, he didn't see many touches either, right? So for me, I think 50 is like the bare minimum barring injury. Um, But even if you put it at, say, 60 catches, and let's say Howard catches about 20, you know, then that's a forty catch difference. Howard has to score seven more touchdowns just to make up for that difference, right? So, to me, I think in PPR especially when you're talking the first two rounds, first three rounds, I want a running back that can catch the football because Howard's going to have those games where he has, you know, the twenty carries for fifty yards and no touchdowns. He's not going to have the receptions to, you know, move his floor up, right? So for me, it's 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 McKinnon there all day.
1: And you know what you could do with an FFPC best balls right now, Dave. You could go if you are if you want to get crazy like some of the football guys drafts. I'm not going to say like who's been doing it, but there's been some crazy picks in the top three or four over the last few days. Been really fun to watch. Um, If you want to get crazy and instead of taking like a Gurley, Bell, Elliott, whoever in the top three, take like Hopkins or Antonio Brown, come back you could technically get McKinnon and Jordan Howard as your top two running backs right
0: after that. I don't really know if that's crazy, but thanks.
1: That's well, I'm just saying, like, you – you, it, Crazy. It, okay, maybe not crazy, but it's definitely unorthodox right now, <laughs> unorthodox at a minimum. Um, you know what's crazy, Walt? What? Blake Jarwin. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. the okay. next question. All right, let's get into this. By the way,
0: I just want to say Blake Jarwin has uh, the same letter combination, five and uh, six, as Jason Witten. So wow. Maybe that's why he's getting this, <laughs> Eat your heart
1: out, pro football focus. <laughs> this this is some next-level five, next five analysis. Five-letter, first tonight. name,
0: six-letter, yeah. last name. Maybe that's why. It doesn't take much to put him in the program. He just fits right in there. Maybe that's so, a, that, that's, that's the
1: reason he's been getting all the, all the, all the, all the touches. Yeah, Rico all the is tougher to put it in. You know? like it, well, Blake Touching Jarwin, is. it just sounds like Jason Witt. It, Let's just it, put him out there. To be honest, it kind
0: of does. So what's your read on how good, other than his name, um, how good do you think he'll be this season?
3: Well, I think the name's starting to – you know jumping up my job boards a little bit but uh i think, I think the situation <laughs> is, is is more intriguing than the player itself in this scenario um the losses of, of des obviously and, and jason witten free up 219 targets so uh and and there's a lack of proven receivers in dallas so he's definitely got that on his side um you know on the flip side i think the tight end position is generally the toughest in the league to develop uh you know he does have I guess, you know, one year experience under his belt, but didn't really play much. Didn't have a, a single catch. So I'm not really expecting him to just, you know, jump in and, and catch 50 or 60 balls this year. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind them as a, a really late round experimental tight end three or four, but that's, that's kind of as far as I'd go right now.
0: See, I agree, I agree with that point. I think it's, it's so hard. We were and I were talking a little bit about uh Chad uh, Jackson. Williams. Jim- <laughs> Chad Jackson. That's the Vikings. So yeah. Chad Williams from Arizona—he almost did nothing last year, and now they're talking about him as the WR2 in Arizona. And I just feel like that's so tough to go from zero to X number of catches in in just one unproductive year to being all of a sudden the super productive player. What do you think? What do you think about Chad Jackson slash Williams Johnson Johnson, whatever the hell his name is?
3: I I haven't really. uh, He's not. He's not really on my board. Um, I don't know. In the Arizona receiving situation, there's, there's, you know, I think Bryce Butler could be the uh, the best bet for, for the wide receiver, too, there. Obviously, they have Christian Kirk as well, but they drafted. Um, I think it's, it's pretty crowded, and I don't think that's an offense that's going to, you know, they got Fitzgerald, they got uh, David Johnson. I think those two guys are going to obviously eat up a strong majority of the numbers there, and I don't think it's going to be one of those offenses that are going to sustain, you know, several fantasy-relevant uh, offensive players.
1: Mike Dente is our guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. (laughs) Eric Hoffman, Dave Gerzak, talking with the Pros versus Joes competitor for 2018, a man who finished eighth overall in the Football Guys Players Championship in 2013. I don't know... Uh, first of all, Mike, congratulations on that. That is quite an accomplishment to finish top ten in, in a contest with thousands of other competitors. But I don't really don't I, I don't know what you remember off that team. I don't know if uh, if you can share anything with us tonight as far as what you do remember and how you were able to climb up the standings and finish in eighth that year.
3: Guys, I I don't remember single thing. The only thing I remember was uh, I, I think that was one of my first years in the FFPC. Um, and I guess I I wasn't really, you know, fully aware, aware of how it worked. Um, I just remember checking the stand, the standings and, and just being shocked that I was hovering around the top 10 and then it it never really sunk in that I was in the running for a top five finish prior to around the week 15 mark. So it it was definitely, uh, you know, it's one of those things I looked up the prizes and I was like, holy man, like I'm competing for how much, you know? So, um, (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. The last week, it was, you know, obviously, there's like, each place you go up or down, you're talking thousands of bucks. And I just remember kind of sitting in eighth place, and I was just anxious to see, you know, where I was going to finish. But uh, by the end of it, I was just, I remember thinking, you know, wow, that, that was pretty easy. <laughs> and then uh, several <laughs> years later, I learned that it's not quite that easy. So... <laughs>
0: It doesn't happen every
1: year, right? It's it's, it's okay. uh, sometimes it's easy to get to the mountain top, not not as easy, easy to stay up there too. You run low on supplies. You got to come back down. <laughs>
3: true. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about uh, non-pass catching backs, possibly on the Cleveland Browns.
1: Interesting segue.
0: Carl Hyde, Nick Chubb. We talked about those guys, but we uh you know, we sometimes forget about Duke Johnson. One of the you know I know we talked about pass catchers earlier. So what do you think of Duke Johnson?
3: I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Duke Johnson. Uh, You know, I I love my PPR backs. um, And, you know, for starters, he's the only one of those three that have a clear, defined role, which is obviously the third down pass catching back. I mean, between Hyde and Chubb, who knows, you know, who's going to be getting what carries, if they're going to be splitting 50-50 and, um, you know, know, stuff like that. Every week you don't know who's going to show up between the two. Um, So, you know, with Duke... At least you know that he's he's going to be the third down guy. He's going to be catching balls out of the backfield. Um, he has, I think, 188 receptions over the past three seasons, which is more than any other running back in the entire league. Uh, he's finished 11th, 30th, and 23rd in fantasy scoring over the past three years. So, you know, I, I personally think he's the best back to own in Cleveland, and he seems to be sliding down the draft board in, in a lot of the drafts that I've been doing.
1: You know what's interesting about that, Mike? I fully agree with with everything you're saying. Yes, and and, and that's the reason you say he's he's slipping. I'm actually seeing a a change in ADP here um, over the last, whatever this is, two weeks or so. Duke Johnson's actually being the first Browns running back drafted over Hyde Chubb. However... Duke Johnson is going at the 802 on average, Hyde at the 804, and Nick Chubb at the 805. So they're going boom, boom, boom wow. right in that uh, early eighth-round area, which is – but I, you know, I always do um, – for for the most part this drafting season, Hyde and Chubb were always, you know, neck and neck, and it seemed like Duke Johnson was laying behind. I don't know if there's like, reports lately of, of Duke Johnson looking good or catching a lot of passes, that he's leapfrogged them both to move ahead of both. And we'll have to – I mean, we'll have to see – you know, be keeping everybody posted on what we see with, with those uh, three running backs. But you make a lot of great points about Duke Johnson. People always are looking for the uh, the, the pass-catching running backs uh, as their RB2s in, in PPR and, and the FFPC. So I think you're making a pretty strong argument here, one I'm actually agreeing with uh, on Duke Johnson. Uh, you and your co-manager, Mike, uh, Adam Angelillo, you're, you're selecting from the nine spot, as we earlier uh, talked about, in the final pros versus shows of the season, which you'll be able to listen to. Uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football I follow along with the streaming draft board at youtube.com slash High Stakes Fantasy Football and I'm, I'm not telling Mike this, I'm telling everybody else this. Mike will have the draft in front of him when he's drafting his uh, his squad but who, got, who are you guys looking at targeting at nine and then have you talked about a likely second round target coming back to you?
3: Uh, you know we're, we're planning to land a couple of premier backs early um, but my number one rule in fantasy has always been you know you got to be able to adapt so we won't hesitate to start out with, you know, Hopkins or Beckham and follow that up with Julio or Keenan Allen in the second uh, if we don't love the backs that are left at that point. Um, you know, I, I've literally had drafts where I've taken four backs with my first five picks, and I had others where I didn't draft one until round five. So, you know, we're just going to let the draft come to us and, and just go from there.
1: That's uh, the best, best piece of advice, I think, that uh, you can get outside of get your guys. But I think like letting the draft come to you and getting your guys. That's <laughs> the, the the people who blend those two aspects together. The people who are the most successful. We've been talking about some those rookie. Are just, those are the opposite things. I know. That's why you got to blend them together. <laughs> They're not oil and water. They're chocolate and peanut butter. You got to find the right. right. You got to, yeah. You got to find the right combination. The right mixture uh, <laughs> for it to
0: be successful. Wonderful. Yeah,
1: rookie running backs and go.
0: All right, you know, actually, this is an
3: interest. I really want to hear your opinion on this one: Ronald Jones
0: or Sony Michelle. Who do you think is going to have the better rookie season, and why?
3: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of both guys. I think I think they both have pretty good upside. Um, obviously, with uh, Michelle, he has the benefit of playing with one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, because of that, he can see a ton of goal line touches. Um, but between the two, I, I prefer Ronald Jones. Uh, I just think he has less competition for touches. Um, I envision him making more of an impact in the passing game. And, uh, you know, looking at the Patriots, like Rex Burkhead was a very underrated player for them last year, uh, so he's certainly a threat. And, um, you know, don't forget about James White in the passing game either. He's put up 40-plus receptions in three straight seasons uh, with 55-plus in, in the last two years as well. So uh, I'm going to go Jones there, despite uh, Sony Michelle typically being drafted about one round earlier. And I should mention I haven't really drafted since – about seven to ten days ago. So if ADPs are, are adjusting now, then uh, my bad.
1: Rojo. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think it's it's adjusted that much. Um, when when you look uh, at especially with those two guys, you're looking at Sony Michelle at the at the 408, and then Ronald Jones um, not going until uh, where? Just you know i so terrible. I have it right in front of my fat face, like the entire time. And then when I actually have to check it out, okay, Ronald Jones at the 502. So he has creeped up a little bit, but uh, Michelle's still comfortably ahead of him. Mike, let's get to some emails that came in for you this week, man, uh, from listeners. First one's from Andy in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, he writes, "I have the number two pick in my upcoming draft, and I'm fairly certain that the guy who is first is taking Gurley, but I am torn between Bell and Elliott." Then. Who should I take? Thank you for the email. Andy in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, if he's, I mean, obviously he'd go a lot of different ways here, but it sounds like he's narrowed it down to Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott. Who would be your pick there, uh, Mike, between those two guys?
3: Uh, I'm going to assume it's, it's PPR if that's the case. Um, you know, for me it's it's, it's Bell all day there. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, there was rumblings that he might sit out a couple of games. Don't think that's going to happen, especially with this uh being a contract year for him. Um, and at the same time with the Steelers knowing that he's probably going to move on after this year, I mean, they have no reason not to just give him the ball, you know, nonstop pretty much and just run him into the ground. So, uh, and he's, he's typically one of those backs. He's going to catch you, you know, 60, 70 balls. Um, whereas Zeke's typically been in the 30 range. I think he'll, he'll catch a few more this year, but um, I would go Bell there.
0: So do you think that leaving involved- on so you think he's going to play out this season and it's become a free agent? Is just going to be gone from Pittsburgh? So is that correct? I and mean, if that is correct, do you think then that Jalen Samuels is a good sleeper from a dynasty perspective? Uh,
3: yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of torn between uh, him and and, and James Conner. I don't know who they kind of view as their their uh, you know mm-hmm. next next future back or if they're even going to draft another one next year. But um, yeah, right, yeah at this point, really, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's I think it's definitely worth uh, you know. If you're in the middle of a rebuild type thing, I think it's worth definitely stashing uh, Samuels for sure.
2: Take a shot, man.
1: Exactly. Uh, Don in San Diego, California. Final email for Mike tonight. He writes, "Hey Mike, what kinds of numbers do you expect from David Johnson now that he's healthy? And how high would you draft him in the first of, in the first round? Best of luck in pros versus Joe's. That is Don in San Diego, California. Thanks for the email, Don. David Johnson, a guy that." has been going in uh ffpc best balls right now after like the you know the the big guys are off the board but he still is going at that 103 right with uh, ezekiel elliott is that a spot you'd be comfortable taking him mike and and how do you think he finishes the season
3: uh you know david johnson's one of the guys that's actually uh I- i'm avoiding this year um I-, I think he could have a big year for sure he's obviously proven that in the past but there's a few risk factors i just don't like to see when taking a player with with the top four pick um you know he he plays for i think arizona is going to be a bad team this year uh likely i think a poor offense with eventually a rookie quarterback when bradford you know goes down again um he's got a new coaching staff he hasn't played a full game since 2016 so you know those are a few question marks for me that I just, you know, for a top four pick, I just don't like having, uh, you know, that many concerns. Uh, Not to say I would totally avoid him, but for me, I like him more in the seven or eight range, and I know he's not going to get there. So that's kind of why, you know, I'll probably have zero zero shares of uh, DJ this year.
1: Dave, we we, we have been very lucky to have Mike come on the show tonight. Uh, You have one final question that you want to ask him before uh, he takes his leave.
0: All right, well, just like family feud, if you say David Johnson, I'm gonna say did did did. Yeah, yeah. Again.
3: Yep.
0: What player will you be staying away from the first couple of rounds this year, and what guy do you think we'll be targeting in the mid to late rounds this season?
3: Uh, well, I just you know just spoke at DJ, yeah, so he's probably one of the guys I'm staying a, staying away from. Um, in terms of someone I'm targeting, uh, how about Keelan Cole for the Jags? Uh, they got a crowded receiving core. Yeah. But there's there's you know there's no there's no risk in taking him with an ADP of somewhere around the 17th round, I think. Um, Last I checked, he had a expert consensus ranking of wide receiver 68. And, you know, this is a guy who ranks second in fantasy points in the fantasy playoffs last year. He was a top 10 fantasy receiver in the second half of the season. Um, You know, he's a better fantasy option than AJ Green, Doug Baldwin, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen uh, in the second half of the season. So, uh, and, you know, those guys are going in the second and third rounds, as you know. Uh, so, to me, you know, Keelan Cole is a huge value right now.
1: Yeah, Keelan Cole is a guy I, I kind of regretted not taking in the in the Scott Fish Bowl super late. I, I think that he is, he is in for a big season. He's definitely a guy I'm warming up to right now. And uh, he's basically free in drafts, so he's a definitely a guy to target. So he's not listed
0: officially. So officially, it's Moncrief and Marquise Lee as the two starters, right?
1: But I don't know if they, uh, how official that
0: is. Well, well, actually, they have these things called depth charts. Yes, I official.
1: understand. And and we're we're pontificating and speculating with depth charts right now in on yeah, July when 20th. Camp is open. I would imagine when that happens. those would be the two starting guys. Okay. I'm not trying to dissuade people from taking them. Okay. i ask asking a
0: question. Legitimately, and I'm
1: legitimately, I'm illegitimately giving you a, a bad answer here. This is yeah, the best you're I can do being right now. I'm condescending already. I'm totally being condescending. But the 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 value that Cole represents in comparison to Dante Moncrief is is something I'd be much more on board Did with. Is he play in the slot or a, Well, and have Westbrook right there too. But if you look at the numbers that Keelan Cole put up at the end of last season, last year, it I was like fantastic. To learn. I'm, I'm here to learn. Like 440 some yards in the last four games of this. I mean, he looked great. You Mike, know? what do you Mike, what do you have to say about our little bickering here? <laughs> well, oh,
3: well, I, <laughs> you know, like I said, there's there's a risk there, right? Um, you know, as you mentioned, it could be it could be Lee and Moncrief starting. Uh, Westbrook could be in the slot, but to me, none of those. You know, all four of the, the receivers are solid, but it seems like an open competition to me. Like I don't think Moncrief is somebody mm-hmm. that can't be you know jumped over in a depth chart. Um, you know, and I, I think I believe be that. Long. I thought he signed a one <laughs> one year deal or. Yeah, we, we have one, one, out one year. year. Yeah. 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 Correct, Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's no long-term commitment there. I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the better player, who I believe is Cole, is, is going to, uh, you know, end up as, as a starter there.
1: Keelan Cole and D.D. Yeah. West, West were both going in the late 19th of FFPC best balls. Moncrief not going until the 21st. So, FFPC oh, yeah. players are already They're not on buying them. Moncrief. Well, I mean, th- yeah, they're not buying Moncrief, but they're also not overpaying for Cole at this right. point either. They're all bargains.
0: Uh, Mike, the Mike for clarifying
1: that. Mike, yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it too, so the <laughs> listeners. Mike, uh, we follow you on Twitter at First Stop Fantasy. Uh, what do you have? What can you tell us about what you have in the works as far as coming down the pike for Fantasy Pros and and Roto Baller?
3: Um, you know what? I'm kind of uh, I'm working on a few things right now. I'm working on some uh, consistency charts uh, for Fantasy Pros. Uh, also putting together some uh, I call them super charts, uh, basically by position. So. Uh, it's just a lot of um it's basically all the information packed into one one chart that you can print off with uh you know basically has everything from adps um expert consensus rankings 2017 2016 and 2015 uh final rankings um on a point per game basis uh it has some of their past uh stat lines on there as well um and a few other things i can't really remember right now but uh I got that coming up and then I'm just working on some uh, positional rankings as well.
1: That is fantastic. It's a one-stop shop with uh, all of Mike Dente's uh, uh, super charts over at fantasy pros. So check that out when it comes out and follow him on Twitter at first stop fantasy. Mike, we will be following what you will be doing in the pros versus Joe's draft coming up. I believe on July 31st, Tuesday, it's the, it's the last pros versus Joe's draft. So you'll have the uh, added benefit of seeing what everybody else does and then exploiting that, taking advantage and hopefully, winning the overall championship, or at at a minimum, your league, so you can get that free entry in the 2019 FFPC main event. Best of luck to you in that league and all your leagues this year, and thanks so much for coming on the show. And don't be a stranger. We'd love to hear you make a pick on the air uh, during Pros versus Joes, too. That'd be a, a treat to talk to you again.
3: Right on. I think I will. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you having me.
1: Fantastic, Mike Dente, ladies and gentlemen, from Fantasy Pros and Roto Baller, eighth overall finish in the Football Guys Players Championship in 2013, five FFPC Main Event League and uh, FPC, uh, excuse me, league titles to his name. Fantastic, uh, fantastic stuff there tonight, Dave, from uh, Mike. More insight into, uh, did you notice that you said, don't say David Johnson for your bust." And he he said, said David Johnson, anyway, I feel it's <laughs> on me I should have called him up, but I also want him to call him call in again for pros as shows. <laughs> so I don't want to totally alienate him, but yeah, no, that was fun. frustrating.
0: Well, I didn't want to, you know then you're like, oh hey, you can't do that, and then he sits there for like two minutes, like well, that's who I am. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. like I run this interview. you are just <laughs> you're Mike Wallace, and I' and, and i'm uh, I'm you know whatever. He's not trying to win 20 grand or anything like family food. right, exactly. Uh, I had I went swimming tonight with my kids and my nephews, and I... Oh, any interesting uh, uh Yeah, well, I had I got water in my ear, and I had got oh, water okay. in my ear for years, you know, and it came out, like, right when I was coming into the studio tonight, like, and I was kind oh, of just, thought, I was like, this is going to be a great show now, because I don't know, there's water in my ear, it's not <laughs> rattling around, it's going to be fantastic, uh, and then I proceeded to screw everything up, so I was What's almost right. Sure? I don't know. I just feel like you and you and Mike really really carried the first half of the show here. And now yeah, there's going to be, be really way really too much pressure on me. Great. Uh, let's get to fantasy flash here and talk about the news <laughs> around. No, not tweets yet. We going to talk about the news that's going on. I want to thank Draft Sharks football guys Roto World and Rob for tonight's run. Now, by the way, special promo for Draft Sharks this week. They just released their comeback player of the year. We always get excited for their comeback. Player of the year, their uh, b- uh, first round bust of the year, and then uh, what, what's the other one? Sleeper? First round
0: bust, comeback player, and the other guy.
1: Yeah, like a breakout or something like that.
0: Yeah, they always have good articles like, you know, late round quarterbacks to target yeah. and stuff
1: like that. Yeah, but I, even though we don't know what it is, but those are the three that we always get excited for each year. And the first so one I know it was. Yeah, the comeback. Yeah, I know the- well, that's a, sorry, that's we, beyond the paywall. We talked about it. We're not gonna we're not gonna tell you who it is, but it, it's that's I mean everything that you get at Draft, Draft Sharks. Sharks is, it's well worth the. Why honestly, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, All right, here's number
0: five player. i seriously, spy Yeah, five. it's
1: probably not Fitzgerald, and spoiler, alert, it's probably not Todd Gurley either. Uh it's Somebody else, and and check it out at DraftSharks.com. um Speaking of breakouts, Dave Titans are expecting a second year leap from Corey Davis. Jim Wyatt from the uh, team's official website says Davis was one of the stars during the early first portion of off season work uh, saying that he looked smooth during the off season, snatching the ball out of the air with ease and traffic. He went up <laughs> high to make some spectacular catches. He had that, uh Much nice, talk. Nice yeah. Well, it's a quote uh, much talked about um, hamstring injury on this show that we, <laughs> we talked about to death with them. Uh, He finished uh, with uh, six catches for 91 yards in Week 16, and then, of course, we remember the five-catch for 63-yard and two-touchdown performance against the New England Patriots uh, in the divisional playoff. New England Patriots 31st-ranked defense. 31st uh, against the rush. They were number one against the pass. Really? I don't know. I might be making that.
0: <laughs> I made it the 31st, but I know it was, it was crappy.
1: Wasn't great. Matt Lafleur is the new offensive coordinator in Tennessee, and the reason I bring this up, Dave, yep. is you and I have been on opposite sides of Corey Davis um, much of the preseason and off season. I feel like you might be, maybe, maybe it's only a few degrees, but you might be warming up to Corey Davis a little hmm. bit more.
0: Well, I did ask you the other day where he was getting drafted. Right. So I've opened, I've opened up the possibility of drafting him at some point. Yeah. Six twelve in FFPC drafts right now,
1: um, going around the Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree area. Um, you want to talk about upside there? He might have the highest upside of those four players. Who is it again? Who are the, I'm sorry. Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's there's interesting things with him that the other guys don't necessarily have. I mean, he. He's the number one receiver for this team. Right. He's got a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Uh so all he has to do I mean all he really has to do is actually be as good as he was supposed to be coming out, right? And he'll
1: pay off that draft at the six. He probably he'll will pay, pay off that off. Yeah. draft So I don't
0: really think it, it, it's that bad of a draft draft slot to you know, to take him there I think is kind of okay. Yeah. I hate to say it. I mean That's fine. Going I mean, from zero touchdowns, you know, he's he's gonna have to it's not gonna be that hard to take a big leap to go from zero touchdowns to uh to more than that.
1: <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I just I, I put feel like, a little bit of a dig in there. No, so. I I know you had. To, I just I feel like yards I right. don't want to get into this exact same conversation that we we right. had, you, you know, go. with Corey Davis. I, but I just want to point He's it out. He's draftable for me now. Well, okay, he was draftable for you before. <laughs> just, maybe not where he was going. Uh, New York Post Brian Costello expects Quincy Enunwa to be a quote major weapon for the Jets this season, assuming he is going to be healthy. If you remember, Quincy Inunua did not play at all last season because of a bulging disc in his neck that required surgery. And uh, in spring workouts, he was also quite limited. If he is all the way back, Inunua probably will be the slot guy with Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Kearse on the outside. He had 58 catches for 857 yards and four touchdowns with a 44th place uh, finish among receivers in 2016. Inunwa Dave, this is a guy, remember, we made that dynasty trade, um, and I, I, I flipped Inunwa for a second-round pick, um, and then Anunwa proceeded to miss the entire player uh, season last year. So I feel like I made up pretty good that. was good at, hilarious. However, I can't remember who I took there. I think he busted, if I know my dynasty strategy. And now Inunwa is primed for uh, maybe a big-time season this year, and you can get him in the 19th round.
0: Possible. I mean, you know, it's interesting his size. He's 6'2", 225. He's bigger size-wise. He's a bigger BMI than Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Kirsten. He's still, uh, he's still
1: a slot box. Uh, he is going. He is going ten rounds after Robbie Anderson. I know Robbie. Crazy, yeah. Robbie Anderson. There's been, you know, they've been talking about him breaking. Yeah, there's been some buzz about him lately. But ten rounds between those two guys. I mean, certainly I don't have a problem with Robbie Anderson in the ninth round, but Quincy Adenuga in the nineteenth. I mean, come on.
0: Well, a, new, a new doesn't have the character issues that Robbie Anderson, I think, has, actually. I yeah. He didn't really get... He might still have some league discipline, possibly, right?
1: There is potential that he could be suspended, yeah. So, we'll, we'll have to... Anderson list. looks a little bit like a screw-up. I mean, just, his, you know, I, just, and what he
0: said to the cop of the cop. just saying or like like, cop's his, wife. Yeah, I mean, his attitude and, I don't know,
1: I just, I'm not a big fan of his uh, demeanor. All right, speaking of guys who have never had an off-field issue, Le'Veon Bell, Dave. <laughs> uh, was not signed to a long-term deal prior to the deadline uh, this past Monday. This is according to a report from Adam Schefter from ESPN. Bell will be on the $14.5 million franchise tag for the second straight year, and he will become a free agent next season. Uh, Bell tweeted, My desire has always been to retire a Steeler. Both sides worked extremely hard today to make that happen, but the NFL is a hard business at times. To the fans of that, I hope I'm sorry we let you down, but trust me. 2018 will be my best season to date. That's
0: actually a pretty nice comment.
1: Let's break this this down. You are an expert at reading between the lines. Does this change anything you were doing with Le'Veon Bell at the top of drafts right now? Does this separate him? Makes me sleep better at night after I take him. You, so you feel better about this?
0: Yeah, I feel pretty good about
1: it. Yeah. So to talk a little – because he's expected to sit out all the training camp, show up for week one. Talk yeah, that's li- the only thing
0: that bothers me. Okay,
1: so talk about the two aspects of this then. What m- makes you feel good and then what makes you feel a little skittish about taking Bell that high? Well, everyone, you know, they'll,
0: they'll be talking about the slow start he had last year and you he may have a slow start again this year, but he keeps in really good shape. He's playing – he's a true free agent contract. He's playing for that big paper. So I think he's going to have a fantastic season. He's not gonna be mind. He's not going to mind being run into the ground – And the Steelers won't mind doing it. Yeah, they won't mind doing it. As Mike Dente pointed out. Yeah, I mean, he's a pass-pitching back. He's so shifty. He's so patient. He's just such a phenomenal running back. I mean, unbelievably
1: good. Is he still talking about making the switch to wide receiver later in his career? Remember he was talking about doing that? Um, Talk about the training camp aspect. Well,
0: I mean, I just did. I mean, what does there to No, you about? no, not no. Really like, champ, if the injury. So yeah, we we well,
1: talked about this off the air.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has a higher possibility of getting injured, in my opinion. But, during well, the, the season. During the season. But, yeah, that's the one thing we talked about is right. I said, you know, usually when you have you know, running backs and different players get ACL injuries, it's because they're running around during training camp. Bell is going to be lifting weights. And he'll probably be running and this and that. But I think it's highly more likely that a player like Bell could have gotten hurt during camp. So I don't think it's altogether that bad right. that, he, that he sits out camp.
1: You have the 101 pick.
0: Who do you take? I'm probably still taking early, with Bell. I'm going to take Bell second.
1: Okay. Updating – oh, no, excuse me. That's the one we just talked about. <laughs> Jay Ajayi is expected to see more touches this season as he enters a contract year. In seven games with the Eagles last season, Ajayi averaged only 10 carries per game. This is well, big, big comment.
3: Though. Yeah,
1: Jimmy Kemsky from phillyboys.com had this story. Uh, so if we project Jay Ajayi for 220 carries this season – uh, seems to be like that's all right because he will be the lead ball carrier for the Eagles. Remember Nola Garrett Blount, who was clogging things up for him last year. He's in Detroit now. JGI, I'll be the first guy to admit I I wasn't sure how to feel about this guy in, in 2018. I didn't know if he was a target. I didn't know if he was a guy that I'd just be like, yeah, I'll take him here. And now I think, you know, the fact that you can get him in the fifth round, Dave, I mean, especially if you go receiver or tight end heavy in the FFPC in your first four rounds, Getting a Jai in the fifth round as your number one running back, that's not terrible. You know what I mean? I, I get, especially if he touches the ball this much. And, they, and they, oh, Sorry, I'm going to let you talk in, no, way, in right. a second. But right. um, Darren Sproles is coming back this season, so I thought that might you know, gum things up a little bit for him. But now they're talking about Sproles maybe more working on special teams and not necessarily a ton on offense. So now you're talking about his major competition being Corey Clement.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm, I don't see a Jai catching a ton of passes. And he's just not, he's not a fantastic touchdown, touchdown score, He never has done. So I, just, I don't really like him that much.
1: Um, Even in the fifth round, when he's going right around... Where Ronald Jones is going, exactly. No, no, no. Royce Freeman and Lamar Miller are going right next to him. So where is he going? The 512 and Rojo's going with the 502? Uh, Rojo is going at the... Five, yeah, 502. Ajayi's at the 504. Okay, so if... I, all right, just... I'm trying... I'm trying to read this as best I can on the fly. Ronald Jones, you would take uh, obviously before yeah. Jay Ajayi, but after that, I mean that that. What about the trio? If Jones is gone, Freeman, Ajayi, Lamar Miller, I'm Deion like, Lewis.
0: I would take Deion Lewis actually. I would I, I like Deion Lewis' pass okay. catching skills. I would actually consider Lamar Miller, even though I don't really like him, but I mean, Jonathan Freeman, he's not gonna, you know with that Achilles, he's not going to do anything. Yeah,
1: I'm starting to agree with you on he's, that. The,
0: Lamar Miller, the accumulator, he's going to get a bunch of carries. The
1: accumulator.
0: Got a three point eight.
1: This a, a cape previously previously worn by Michael Turner, <laughs> Lamar Miller. Similar in the way that Robin takes over for Batman, Lamar Miller takes over the accumulator, defending. It seems uh, to me
0: like Philly doesn't mind splitting carries. Like they'll just find somebody. Like, hey, who's this guy? Oh, yeah, okay. no, can, that's a great they point. They just keep tossing And everybody, remember everybody was all about like Clement. Like he's like the God's gift to running backs well, in the preseason. Everybody's talking about, yeah. so Clement this, Clement that. It's
1: like, where's right. Clement go now? Um, well, Clement had that big Super Bowl, though, too. I, oh, mean, I know, but
0: they're so different. I remember a few months ago, everybody was yapping about Clement yeah. all
1: the time. No, that's, that's, that's fair. Uh, we so talked we were with, talking about how he was a sucky Wisconsin running back. He was. wasn't sucky. He just he struggled to stay healthy at, at Wisconsin. Right, he did have some really good games at Wisconsin. Well, yeah, when you have, like, huge holes like that. Yeah, I get it. Um, Jordan Howard has rushed the ball 528 times, Dave, over the last two years. 528 times. Remember the curse of 370? How come nobody talks about that anymore? Nobody gets 370. Yeah, I guess. That's what it is. Uh, It's the fifth most rushers in the NFL during that span. Uh, Patrick Finley had the story in Chicago Sun-Times. Jordan Howard's finished as a top-ten running back in both of the seasons in the NFL. He is no stranger to high workloads because he had them in college, both at uh, Alabama-Birmingham and Indiana. And he's uh, looking at about a 250 carry season again this year. We talked about how, well, Mike Dente pointed out, like, look, this guy still may not catch passes, especially the way that um, Matt Nagy is talking up uh, Tariq Cohen. Although Matt Nagy is talking up everybody. Have you noticed this? I think we brought this up on the show. Matt Nagy cannot say anything critical about any of his players. <laughs> I'm super excited about him. I'm, I, I can't wait for, for this guy, you know. just the free agent. Oh, God, okay, yeah. Uh, Taylor Gabriel is – is going to be God's gift to the slot. Anthony Miller was a steal in the draft. Allen Robinson, how do we get him for three years and $42 million? You know, I would love to be a reporter
0: because then he'll, you know, maybe he makes some comments about these like sixth round, and seventh round players, how great they are, and yeah. then he ends up cutting them. he yeah. be
1: like, oh, you said this guy was God's gift to wide receivers. Well, and, uh, you know, the, the thing is, they're a reporter, it's a numbers game. And. Uh, <laughs> We have eight God's gift to receivers on the team, and we can only keep seven of them. So, uh, sorry, God, you just get it's an embarrassment of riches. We're probably not going to lose any games this year. That's pretty good, actually. You do not like you can be you can coach the dog. Oh yeah, listen, I no, I I would coach the coaches on what to say, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you you tell me what reporter is going to be upset that he says that. You're like, oh, this is gold. I can't wait. Can't wait to put this in my column on the internet. (laughs) Um, uh. Jordan Howard in the early third, you don't like? I do not personally care. For that. Okay. Um, if you were going to go running back in in the early third and Jordan Howard's sitting there, um, he's also going around the area of Joe Mixon, Darius Geis, Kenyon Drake, Rashad Penny.
0: Yeah, I would take all of those guys probably over.
1: You would take Geis over, Howard? I don't know. if yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I would take
0: the uncertainty of guys. <laughs> I think that – well, you know what's right, though, about the pass catching. uh yeah, you're right. you know what? I would probably take Howard
1: over there. I'm could, not sure yet. I'm I sure could see now. the case for Drake. You know, Penny is a is an interesting guy too. That I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm reading a lot of pro Chris Carson stuff over the last week or so. But now I'm like, am I really going to soak a fourth round or fifth round pick into a rookie running back that may or may not have the job? So Penny is not. I
0: thought you said Penny is a third round pick, like Howard. Uh, three
1: twelve. Okay. So I guess he is, but he's Jordan Howard three oh four. That's a huge difference. Whatever. I mean, who, you, honestly, get your guys. I'm just saying, I mean, you know. Half a round. What,
0: 502 and 504 earlier? I mean, that's the two spots.
1: I never said that. That was huge. I wholly admitted that. <laughs> I think mean, you just I, missed that one. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right, yeah. my fault. Well, you, you're doing great. I'm getting a Viking Vicodin really nice. contact high right now, so I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, that, I, so everything is your fault. Tweet, 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 tweet. You've got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest? Send them a tweet at H S F F Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with H S F F or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail or at H S F F Hour on Twitter. Every little
0: baby. Trying to be now.
1: You don't have to try to be less annoying. You always are less annoying. Hey, um, we were talking about Gurley versus Bell before. Did you see it? Henry Mudo posted in the chat? Gurley's bye is week 12, which yeah. might, I mean, that, does that factor in your decision to take Le'Veon Bell over Gurley, given that you'll have him in the playoffs?
0: Um, well, I don't play off but I probably I know, probably but I just not. put yourself right, right. in right.
1: Probably not. Okay. Let's talk uh, emails here, ladies and gentlemen, and go right away to Salt Lake City, Utah. Dave, you've been there, right? Hanging out with your Mormon friends?
0: Yeah, at the Lovesac headquarters, man. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's great. Hey, yeah, it's really
0: beautiful there, by the
1: way. Salt Lake City? Yeah. It's all the salt on the lake. It's all the mountains. You every direction they're going. Hey, Bizzle and Dolkey. haven't heard you guys talk about George Kittle much in the last couple of months. Is he a sleeper or going too high in tight end premium leagues? Thank you for the email. Mark in Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, Dave, I'm gonna. I'm, we haven't played this game in a while. Let's play where is George Kittle going in drafts right now? Should I guess? Take, yeah, take a guess, and I'll tell you where he's going. Uh, 807. Okay, 807. Where would you take him in drafts? Where would you be comfortable taking him in an FFPC draft? Well, where, where is he going? Well, I'll tell you in a oh, second. Okay. You think he's <laughs> going at the 807. Yeah, uh, so... Um... So does that feel right to you, or would you be snaking him around early? Would you be letting him... Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking
0: FFPC. I probably would look at him in that range, Okay. Like around
1: there, nine, 8, 9. Currently, he is going at the 704 in yeah, FFPC best, not too far off. No, that was a good guess. I am going to count the tight end. He has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He's the 11th tight end off the board currently. Sandwich right actually next to Jack Doyle. Which, which one of those guys would you rather have this year, Kittle or Doyle? Uh, Kittle. It's close for me. I think I might say Doyle just because I have no faith in Eric Ebron. We I mean, we should talk about Andrew Luck. today. see what Chris Ballard said? He's not going to be. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> did you? Re- yeah, we should talk about that
0: quote.
1: Uh, Chris Ballard said he's not going to have any restrictions. However, he's not going to throw seven days in a row. He, he's not going to.
0: He's not going throw for seven days in a row, or the next seven days, or four seven days. No, I,
1: I think like like he's like it's going to be like God, where he rests on the Sabbath. So he won't. He'll he'll work for only six a restriction days. To me. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was thinking. Holy shit. Um so you um let's talk I'm let's still talk, off of luck by the way Okay, you're still off I'm luck maintaining that. So that means okay, does that fact? what if now nah, we're not gonna know if Andrew Luck is fully healthy though by, by week one. So that's probably factors into your Kittle thing, that you would rather have Kittle over Doyle. Uh yeah, I mean, well that
0: and the fact that Kittle does have to deal with
1: Eran. I mean or not Kittle but Doyle so has to deal with and T.Y. Hilton's there and
0: yeah, I, just, I mean, I don't like it when there's two tight ends that worry you have to work with. I mean, you have Cameron and O.J. Howard. I don't like that. Okay. Why would, I, why would I want to deal with that? I mean, it's a position where you have one guy who's usually a pass catcher.
1: Right. Um, okay, so George Kittle at the 7 4 You thought he'd be going in the eighth round, and that's where you'd look at him. Does that feel a little too rich for you then? Yeah, it does. I okay, so you would be looking at uh, I mean, other mean, players there.
0: I know he, you know he didn't do that great. I mean, granted, as a rookie, it's tough to, to do much, but. Yeah.
1: Well, he came on with, with Garoppolo. I mean, he looked good with him. The porn star dating Jimmy Garoppolo now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he
1: did. But he, Garoppolo started when?
0: Like, starting like week 12?
1: I don't have my faction figures in. I, I think it's around there. So let, that me, just,
0: sounds right. let me just read off uh, Kittle stats and regular PPR leaves starting week 12. Okay. 2.4. Ugh. 4. Ugh. 3. 9.2, mm. 13.2, All right. and then week 17, which is more meaningless, 14 or whatever. So, I mean, like, I don't know. What the hell's so great about that? Oh, that man. kind of
1: stuff. He came on. <laughs> I guess. I mean, well, I mean, FFPC scoring. I mean, yeah, I mean, add I like, yeah, like 15 to that. It's just not so not that great. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, everybody it makes him seem like this guy's like some he, he, superstar. He could be the type of guy. His first name is George for quite out long. He, he could be the type of guy where you, like, look back in, like, week six, and you're like, why did I take him in the seventh round?
0: <laughs> Who the hell is George the Kittle?
1: Yeah, exactly. But you'd still like him over Jack Doyle. Well,
0: Jack Doyle,
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, then there, there's kind of a, 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 a gap. Between tight ends, you have David and Joku, OJ Howard going after that, and then Tyler Eifert, yeesh, and then ASJ, Ebron, McDonald, and Cameron Break. So it gets pretty, it gets pretty rough out there. It does, it does. Get get your uh, get a tight end early. You know, you know what tight end we haven't really spoken about? I, who I like a lot, actually, for cheap, is Luke Wilson from Detroit. Interesting. Yeah, Luke Wilson is going super cheap right now. He's a
0: starting tight end. He's a, remember he was a pretty elite match guy on Seattle, for, and he you know showed stuff here and there. Yeah, he's really really cheap. Um, and what's his name? R.C. Fisher likes him.
1: Do you know what? Metrics. Say, guess what round he's going in right now? Not R.C. Fisher, but Luke Wilson. 17th, 18th? 1606. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's
0: a nice deal. That is, starting tight end for a pretty quality team with Stafford at quarterback.
1: What's he, wrong with that? He'd be that type of guy that you'd take as your third tight end in best ball. Absolutely. Like,
0: let's say you so, took, I don't know, O.J. Howard, A.S.J., and Luke Wilson. There you go. Yeah.
1: Give it a shot. I don't know if I would roll that game. I'm just saying I'd but, be happy but, about it. I'm just saying, but. Yeah. yeah I, I, that would be palatable. I mean,. You got, you know, draft and pray, right? Yeah,
0: draft and pray. Throw uh, Efron into the mix, and maybe
1: you got some. Let's get to uh, another. Yeah, got Tyler Croft. Let's get to uh, another Browns question here. Ben in Louisville, Kentucky. With the additions of Landry, Hyde, and Chubb, are there going to be enough balls to go around from Tyrod Taylor to keep Josh Gordon returning fourth-round value? Thanks, guys. That's Ben in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, maybe we'll see him at the KFFSC. Um, Josh Gordon at the 408 right now that seem like a good spot for him is to, to you know, get you what you imagine you can get from him as a fourth-round pick as maybe your second receiver or third receiver? Uh, Dave, your feelings on, on Josh Gordon? Um, so the
0: thing with, with with Gordon at the 408 is I would say that he probably has a, a 20 to 30% chance to be like a top six or seven receiver, to be like an elite guy who returns first-round value. Mm-hmm. And then he probably has a you know, Granted, there's a range, you know, but then there's probably a 50% chance that he returns worse than that 408 value. I mean, he could, you know, totally bust. Uh, Tyrod Taylor could throw for 2,800 yards. Uh, They could target other players. Like Landry could be the guy they throw to. He could get hurt because it's been off for so long. He could return to drugs. I doubt he's going to. But I'm just saying there's a lot of things that could happen that could go wrong. Uh, I mean, he could return right around that value. It just seems like like he has a really low floor. Right. Like a lot of, of possibilities for floors. But he has a super high ceiling, so
1: it depends on how much risk you want to take. Um, what this, this will be an eye-opening would-you-rather here with uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, these are all guys going after Josh Gordon in, in ADP right now. Josh Gordon or Juju Smith-Schuster?
0: Um, I would take Juju myself. I
1: agree. Josh Gordon or Demarius Thomas?
0: Um, I'll take Demarius.
1: I agree. Josh Gordon or Alan Robinson?
0: I'll take Alan Robinson. He's full health right now. I totally,
1: I, I totally agree. Josh, he is. Josh Gordon or Golden Tate?
0: Um, I'll take Tate.
1: I think I would. Boy. Yeah, he, you he's know. He's super safe. And yeah, he's so consistent. I guess I would too. Uh, and now we get in. Well, let's just leave it at there because I don't want to get into the next few guys on here. <laughs> um, okay, we have a blind resume, Dave. All right. You and I love these. At least I do because well, I know. I'm who, up and I'm not going to get it for I myself. know who they are. But uh, you've got to figure it out. All right, this is from Jim in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. In 2016, I finished as the wide receiver 10 and followed it up by finishing as wide receiver 15 last year. Going into this season, I will be catching passes from a Pro Bowl quarterback for the fifth straight year, even though I have yet to turn 25. Don't yell it out if you know it. Despite being the fourth highest-paid receiver in the NFL, FFPC drafters aren't selecting me until the 510 as the wide receiver 22. So say this again. So going to the Pro quarterback for the fifth straight year. Yep. And he has not turned 25 yet. Uh, Brandon Cooks. <sighs> you are amazing, my friend. That one's not that high. Great job. That one's not What great. gave it away? How, how young 25, he was. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not good. Okay, but doesn't this okay with all the stuff I just said? Doesn't this sound like a guy you'd be interested <laughs> in, Dave?
0: You know that does actually sound like. A guy <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Uh wide receiver ten in twenty sixteen, wide receiver fifteen last year. He's catching balls from a Pro Bowl quarterback again, although probably the first non Hall of Fame quarterback. Um he hasn't turned twenty five yet. He's obviously getting paid as an elite receiver. Yeah. And you could get him in the late fifth. I like it. Yeah, that's good. But but okay, but hold on. This is like the first time you said you'd like Brandon Cooks all season.
0: Well, I mean I I like the way that you're putting that <laughs> argument together. <laughs> So if you if you, I'm susu- i I'm, I'm susceptible to uh you know to being you know lured on these little fishing trips now. Well, right now. The, the boy, I'm reeling you in right now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Brand, no, he's got he's got target competition. Is that one of the things we're talking about?
1: Well, I mean Robert Woods is led the team in receiving last year. He isn't gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, you have uh, you have Cooper Cup, who we both like mm-hmm. catching balls there. Uh, Todd Gurley is certainly going to catch a few balls. It's a low
0: him. volume passing game.
1: Yeah, it's not, yeah, not at all. And then you have, I mean, say what you will, but I mean, he will be a factor. Gerald Everett is out there um, catching yeah. passes as well. I
0: think, yeah, I I, I don't know. If, you know, your points are valid. When you look at, he didn't have a whole lot of competition, not target competition. I guess he had some
1: last year. I don't know. Brandon Cooks or Marvin Jones?
0: I'll take Cooks.
1: Yeah, I would, too. You know, I like Martin Jones. Even Martin
0: Jones was a top-12 receiver last year. Yeah, he he
1: had had a lot of touchdowns, though, last year. Right. Just like this, year, You could be right. (laughs) Dear Jim and Dwight, are you nervous about Evan Engram busting this year with the offense looking completely different than what it did in 2017? Looking forward to hearing you guys cover pros versus Joes. That is Will in Fresno, California. Thank you for the email, Will. I know I am nervous about Evan Enger and Dave. I don't think I'm going to have him on any any of my teams this year. So what's the what's the argument for why he's going to all of a
0: sudden suck after being awesome as a rookie? Because there's other people that are back and healthy.
1: It's not the fact that he is going to suck. It is the fact that Odell Beckham, you would be imagining, he is going to be playing all season. You would imagine that Saquon Barkley is going to be catching more passes than the direct, the Giants trotted out at running back last year. You would think that Sterling Shepherd is going to take another step forward. Um, and Evan Engram, you have to get him at the 408 if you want him in FFPC drafts right now. That is, uh, and he is the fifth tight end off the board, uh, sixth tight end off the board, excuse me. Yeah,
3: I have no
0: problem with him at that stuff. So. At
1: the 408? I don't know, man. I think I'd rather wait.
0: No, I'm saying at a sixth tight end. I mean, maybe I would look at him at the 408 or later. I wouldn't reach out to get him or anything, but I don't know. He looks pretty awesome.
1: Evan Engram or Delaney Walker? I'll stick it in here. Walker's getting old. He is getting old, and it's a young man's game. I think I would. That's okay, though. If someone likes Walker, I go. Yeah. Um, you know who I'm really starting to like is the guy going after Delaney Walker? Kyle Rudolph this year. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins was talking about it. I read this in an interview. He said, uh, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph is so big out there. He said it's like throwing to a mattress. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, and uh, if you remember, John D. uh John D. Filippo is the guy who took over as the offensive coordinator now in Minnesota, and his offenses have featured the tight end. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Makes this, sense. it could be a, a big year for Kyle Rudolph. Maybe not as big year for Adam Thielen. I think Thielen is the guy that, if anybody's projecting a bust in Minnesota, it seems like it's Thielen. Really? Adam, everybody's sweating Stephon Diggs and and Kyle Rudolph. I remember the to, big touchdown. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Is is that's all? You know, it's recency bias. Uh, All right, let's let's get to one final email tonight. This is a good one. What? Well, it's not that great. Why is nobody talking about Cameron Meredith? He should be recovered from his injury and was poached by the Saints from the Bears to be their number two receiver next to Thomas. What am I missing here? That is not recovered. That is from confused in Wichita Kansas. Okay, he's not recovered yet. Okay, so then that's why nobody's respecting Cam Meredith. Camera Meredith. This is I'm just reading headlines. Okay. Sam
0: Cameron Meredith aiming to be ready by training camp. The Goal is to be ready. Hopes to be able to participate in
1: training. But training camp. That's not week one though. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not the the daunting Deontay Foreman like. Okay, this is, we're having this guy's funeral right now for the 2018 season.
0: They signed Cameron Meredith in this spring, but they haven't had much of a chance to see him work. He I mean, tore his left ACL and now he's you know limited. So he's he's back.
1: I mean, I, you know.
0: I still think there's some concern about if he's really ready to go. I mean,
1: no one's seen him do anything. 14.08 is where he's going right now in drafts. I will say this. I actually like some of the guys going right around him um, that are healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Ridley is going right at the 14.09. I could easily see uh, you know, him outperforming Meredith this season. Josh Doxson, Dave, 15.02. To me, that seems pretty cheap. I know you don't like him, but 15th round. Yeah, still... So. <laughs> Tyler Lockett at the 1506. That might be my favorite guy. I, Mike, uh, Lockett, I might be a to get yeah. one. Yeah. I do you think Brandon Marshall makes the team? I think it's less than a 20% chance that he's on that roster. Yeah, I'm me. Yeah. Um and, and they have and,
0: targets. They got targets available.
1: Yeah, and you know I think Doug Baldwin's gonna have a Bapho season. I'm definitely in for him, but they can't throw to him every down.
0: Yeah, Paul Richardson's gone.
1: Jimmy Graham's gone. Yeah, and uh, they're breaking in a new running back. I mean, there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. And I and would their think defense that, is worse. And their defense is worse. I would think that Russell Wilson would go with old, reliable Baldwin and uh, almost old, reliable. <laughs> finally Locker. healthy Walker.. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank Mike Dente, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, I will say we will return on Friday, and we will. However, we will actually be uh, on these airwaves on Sunday night at 8 7 Central for the first Pros versus Joes League of the season. It is the Egos League with a Stranger Things theme this year. Uh, so we'll be covering that at 8 7 Central. Uh, JJ Zacharyson, former overall champ, Tim McCullough from Fantasy Pros, uh, Mike Tagliere from Fantasy Pros as well will be drafting. In that competition, the Joes are going to be led by Kurt Kikis, Brian Holgen, Scott Johnson, all former guests of this show. Scott Johnson, a former co-host of the show, actually. That's great. So they will be uh, tangling on Sunday night, and we will be covering it for you here on the show. We will also be having it on uh, the, the board at youtube.com slash high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, register for the Football Guys Players Championship, the main event, best ball, and dynasty leagues, all at myffps.com. And make sure you're getting your early draft spot, uh, dr- early draft slot by paying for your squad by this Monday uh, at uh, midnight Pacific. Uh, we will give you a few more reminders, but make sure you take care of that. Get your draft slot before the end of the month for your September draft. Thanks for listening, everybody. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
2: I got somewhere to be. I tales <laughs> they run up on me. run up when you see me, then we going to see I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take the wave.
1: Do you feel like, you know, you're getting dialed in for drafting in twenty eighteen yet? No, not really. I feel like I am. Like I'm, oh, I'm like I'm like really but you know what, I say this every year and then it doesn't you know, <laughs> then I then I actually start drafting <laughs> like Real T on Kentucky and I'm just like, What the hell was I thinking? Oh okay. I I don't know what to believe, and I and now we're about to get information overload with the pros versus joes.
0: It'd be nice to be able to do like I mean you probably could find like to do like get two or three like real mocks or not real you know not real <laughs> Excuse mocks. Excuse me, what? I mean like real mocks where people really try, you know, and uh, I don't I don't feel like I enough those.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't either, and uh, my Kentucky record speaks for itself <laughs> that backs it up. Yeah.